critical, central to the gospel message. And um, as we do that today, we want to look at this word freedom, not just because it's a weekend where we're going to eat more barbecue than should be humanly possible and celebrate national freedom, right? But did you know that Jesus, a handful of times, he, he stated directly reasons that he came, right? He'd say, I, I didn't come for this reason, I came for that reason. Or he'd say, I came to do this. And one of the things that he said, point blank, he came to do is to set captives free. That's what we've been singing about this morning. But it's really important for us to make sure that we understand what that freedom is. That we understand the kind of freedom that Jesus is bringing to us. And we understand the, the type of freedom that he's not necessarily focused on. So that we can truly enjoy it and truly celebrate it in him. As we look at Psalm 119, I'll just give you a forewarning today. If I miss a word or you see me squinting, uh, I left my glasses at home. I've not developed any new twitches. We'll be okay next week, all right? But we're going to make the best out of it. As we look at Psalm 119, you're looking at the longest chapter in the Bible. It's a super long acrostic, which just means like if you ever did this on Mother's Day where you wrote the word mother and then you did a word to describe her with each. So like for M, you said she's majestic, and for O, you said, oh, she makes great cookies, or whatever you did, right? Like that's, that's kind of what's happening with Psalm 119. They're taking the, the Hebrew alphabet, the characters, and they're starting each section with one of those. And so it's a diligent, detailed effort on part of the psalmist, possibly David, we don't know, but Right? It's a detailed effort to go, hey, I'm going to focus and zone in and, and think about all the great and splendor-filled characteristics of God and lay them out, and particularly his words. Right? So the whole thing is talking about God's word and, and how it impacts our lives and how it moves in us. That's what we're diving into, Psalm 119. And we're going to see there today a beautiful, I believe, picture, poetic picture of what freedom truly is. Psalm 119, we'll start in verse 41. It says this, it says, let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then shall I have an answer for him who taunts me, for I trust in your word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. Now, I want to make sure we don't miss this, that, that the psalmist here is, is saying some great things about God, but he's saying them either remembering a moment in his life when he was in, in peril, or he's maybe there now and he's experiencing, but you see that he says he needs salvation. He's saying, God, I need salvation from you. He says, listen, there are people who are taunting me. He's thinking about a moment when things were not great in his life. And I just want to point that out to us, and, and we don't want to focus on the negative. We don't want to focus on the sin. We don't want to focus on all the things that Jesus lifted us out of, but we also don't want to forget those things, right? Because that's when we start to drift for meaning. Here's the reality is that we can't really appreciate rightly the salvation of God until we've really been overwhelmed by our desperation and helplessness without him, right? So the psalmist is saying, come to me, save me, I need your help, right? I have never prayed more fervently in my life than I, than I did one time at Six Flags Amusement Park, right? There's a ride there if you've been called the Superman, it's a different kind of ride. You don't sit down in a little booth. Instead, you sit kind of on this little stool type thing, and then you have the, the, the straps come down over you and lock into place, right? And then they pull the feet out from under, and you fly through there in this kind of setup. 
And as they put me in and they strapped me down and, and the guy came and checked and I was good, I started to feel uncomfortable with how I was situated. And so I worked my way to get my arm inside of the strap and try to change and like pull my shirt right here and get more comfortable. And as I did, the pressure that I was putting on the safety restraint said, bow, really loud, made a big pop. And it was loose like it's not supposed to be, right? And in that moment, I'm going, hey, hey, like I, I tend to not... Uh, want to be loud or be a distraction. So I probably should have been louder, but I was just, hey, hey. And about that time, they tilt us up and we start to fly through the air. <laughs> and you want to talk about praying, right? Literally, I'm holding on to that thing with everything I've got, right? Like I'm, I'm like a 30 or so year old man just clenching that thing and I'm going, Jesus, please. Jesus, let me make it. Jesus, let me get there. Come on, Jesus, please. please. Like I'm talking to him like I've never talked to him before. Why? Because I'm thinking there's a really good chance that I'm fixing to meet him face to face and my life's over right? I know that there's danger and peril there, and so I'm crying out to him, right? And when we talk about the salvation of God, we lose our awe of it when we forget how far down he's reached to lift us up. When we talk about the freedom of God, we won't appreciate it rightly unless we keep it against a backdrop of what our captivity was without him, right? This is the psalmist saying, hey, I know you, God. I'm faithful to you, God. But even now in my human limitations and in my human brokenness, even now in my hard circumstances, I didn't just need you back then to secure my forever at the cross. I need you right now in my everyday. God, come to me with your salvation, right, according to your promise. He says, God, you have promised to be faithful and good to me, right? God, you have promised, I'm asking you according to the goodness of your promise and according to the strength of a God who can make a perfect promise. God, according to that, God, please let your salvation come to me. How might it come? We, we see it, he says, right, in verse 43, take not the word of truth from me, for my hope, now, now make sure we catch this, my hope is where? It says my hope is in your Rules, right? Anybody get excited when people start throwing rules at you, right? Anybody ever that's like, hey, somebody walks in the room and goes, hey, we're going to have a great time today. Here are all the rules. And you go, I hope there's a bunch, right? Give me the rules. I love the rules, right? Maybe that's somebody. If that's you, I'm just, I haven't matured to that point yet, right? Right, but he says, listen, my hope, it actually exists in your rules, Right? He uses a lot of different words throughout Psalm 119 to describe God's word. He, he talks even in this passage we'll read today about precepts and about some different things there. Right? But he doesn't say promises here. He doesn't say precepts here. He says, my hope is in your rules. Why would he say that? I think the next couple of verses are going to show us that and paint a picture of what it looks like to live in the freedom that Jesus died to give us. Verse 44 he says, I will keep your law continually forever and ever. Just pause right there. He's making a forward commitment, right? He's saying, this is my plan, God. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to be about. Notice that it's future tense. I will keep your law, right? So many times in my life, I know it's true of me, right, that I kind of don't go the the, the last 2% when I'm talking to God and make the commitment because there's some weird thing in me that thinks, well, if I don't make the commitment, then when I don't actually live up to that faithfulness, I never said I was going to, right? 
which is ridiculous because to live unfaithfully is to live unfaithfully whether you said it out loud or you didn't, right? But this is the psalmist going, hey, God, that I trust to save me. Hey, God, that I've seen come to my rescue multiple times. God, what I'm saying to you is because of what I have seen from you, God, I want to live faithfully from here forward, and I commit to that, right? I've seen something from you that, that dictates how I'm going to live towards you, right? right? How many times in life, there's just not a lot of scenarios in life where you, you meet someone or, or you've encountered someone, and what you experience in a short time calls for a lifelong commitment, but that's what this guy's saying. One of those instances, by the way, is marriage. I remember my wife. It was probably our third date. We had met at a distance. We had talked on the phone for about a month before we ever even met each other, mostly because I stood her up for what could have been our first date, and I'm sorry, and the Lord's going to forgive me. It's going to be great. Okay, but right, we, we talked on the phone. We got to know each other's hearts, but I remember our like probably third in-person date. We were at my parents' house, and she was upstairs getting ready. Right, I was already ready because I don't know why I just can beat her. But anyway, right, we won't go into that because I'm smart. Right, And so I was sitting downstairs, and I'll never forget, she came down the stairs at my parents' house, and she rounded the corner. She had long, beautiful blonde hair, and it was all curled up, and she had on colorful earrings and khakis, brown sweater, turtleneck. I remember the heels she was wearing, the whole thing, and she smiled real big. And in that moment, it was like, I'm done, right? Like, to me, I, I didn't say it out loud to her because it was like third date. I didn't want to be a little bit awkward, right? But in my head, I thought, it's over, right? Like, I'm done. This is the one, right? This is her. I've gotten to know her. She's beautiful inside. I'm looking right now. She's beautiful outside. There's, I, I'm for her, right? Of course, I was in that weird puppy love stage where I'm like, even the things that aren't perfect about her are perfect, right? And now I'm like, no, those are called, anyways, right? Like, they are perfect. Because I'm smart, I'm not going farther, right? But anyways, right? I had seen her and known her for probably about two months at that point, seen her physical three times, and that was all it took for me to say, I'm ready to stand before God and witnesses and say that for the whole rest of my life, I'm going to aim to be faithful to you. And the psalmist is saying, God, you may not have come through how I thought you were going to or even how I wanted you to in my financial struggle. God, you may not have worked in my life in the way that I would have hoped with the situation with my family. God, you may not have done this and that and the other, but God, you absolutely have been faithful. And if I ever have to doubt it, right, we on this side of the cross can look and see how he has sent his son and everything that he bore. And we can go, man, he is faithful. And so, God, I commit to live faithfully, continually to walk with you. And here's what it'll look like, right? Central verse for us today, right? Love this verse. So many times we think that walking with God is going to be so restrictive and that he wants to rob the fun and the joy out of our life. And this verse says the opposite of that. Verse 44 says, I will keep your law continually forever and ever. Verse 45, and I shall walk in a wide place for I have sought your precepts. When I hear wide place, I think about a big, wide open roaming field that you can't see the end of. When I think about wide place, I think about when I had the opportunity to stand on a, a mountain peak in the mountains of Ecuador and just the way the weather set up that day, it was clear and the clouds had rolled in and literally I was at an elevation that was above the clouds and I could look down and see nothing but the cloud floor. You couldn't see anything below it and it was just lasting forever, it felt like. It's a wide place. So often we think that 
life with God is about I live perfectly walking on this thin thread of a line that's called your will for me. And when I do that correctly, then you love me and accept me. Now, we know that's not the gospel message, but if we're honest, we all tend to kind of default back into that mode sometimes. That couldn't be further than what the psalmist is describing. Here's what he's saying is, God, I understand that freedom for me does not mean utter independence, but freedom for me means right dependence. Freedom for me doesn't mean that no one leads me or tells me what to do. Freedom means that I have linked myself to depend upon the, the leadership and the lordship of the right one named Jesus. Right? If you're looking for, need just kind of a grasp of the word freedom as you read it in Scripture, freedom to me, right? And you can take it, leave it, you may have a better idea. But when I think of freedom, what I'm talking about is the God-given desire and capacity to follow his leadership. Philippians says that it's God who works in us both to will and to work for his good pleasure. That he gives us the will, the desire, and he gives us the ability to make the effort, right, to live for his good pleasure. A verse many of you are probably familiar with, Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you what? The desires of your heart, right? So many times that verse is hijacked to mean, hey, if you say I'm going to delight in God, then he's going to give you anything that you could ever want, Right? I'm going to delight in God, and then he's going to give me the car that I've been eyeing, right? I'm going to delight, but here's the deal with that. You're not truly delighting in God. You're delighting in what God can do for you or where God can take you. The the verse, I believe, truly means when we delight in the Lord, he supplants godly desires in us, and then he fulfills them, right? When we walk with God, his desire is not to constantly be chastising us, to constantly be leaving us in a place where our heads are hung low. He is not a bringer of shame. He's a freer from shame. He's one who wants to lift us up. And his word, his mandates, his leadership, his lordship is not about restricting us. It's about letting us walk about in a wide place. Just yesterday, I I had the chance to be with some family uh, out on Tom's Ford Lake in Winchester, Tennessee. And They have some jet skis, and and they, for some reason, thought it was a good idea to let me drive one, right? And and, and somehow I became the chauffeur who was driving everybody around. I'm like, y'all know I used to do this, but it was 20 years ago. I don't know why I'm the pro, right? But we get out on the water, and, man, it was just so much fun. It felt so good. There's this huge open water and only a few boats out there, and we're jumping off of waves. And and just as a side note, I learned my my sister-in-law's word that she uses before she gets to the bad words is blessed, right? Because there were multiple times that she'd be like, oh, blessed, right? And I was like, it's getting spiritual out here, right? Like, I don't know. like, But it's just this good, awesome time out there. But I was thinking about it, I guess, because I was thinking about this passage. But I was just thinking while I was out there, you know, this is awesome like this is some of the most fun and most just relaxing freeing I felt in quite a while but you know what the reason that we're able to enjoy this me on this jet ski that guy over there in the pontoon boat those over there pulling the the ski boat right the the reason we're able to enjoy this awesome big wide place of freedom is because we're adhering to the laws in place right we're, we're attentive to things like water safety. We're attentive to who's coming from where and who should have right away and go first. Like, listen, I had a four-year-old nephew that yesterday wanted to drive the jet ski. We didn't say yes, right? We didn't go, go for it, man. We're adhering to 
the laws of the leadership, and there within is where we're experiencing an awesome amount of freedom. But think about if we cast off all that restraint, how quickly things could go sideways. And what we're experiencing then is not joyful freedom. What we're experiencing then is catastrophe and brokenness and carnage. Right? I, I, this, this, this passage, this verse, first sunk into my heart not long after Jamie and I had been married uh, we'd been married like two weeks, and she started saying she wanted a dog. And I said, man, I just, no, no dog. Like, I love dogs, love inside dogs. Have I had one? Don't want a dog, right? Just can't, not yet. Let's just get this part of life figured out for a minute. No dogs. So then the next day when I came home, my mom had helped her find a dog. So we had a dog, okay? Literally. I, I wish that was a joke. Like, the weekend we talked about it, no dog. Monday, we got a dog when I get home from work, right? And I walk in, and I look at the dog, and I go, yeah, we're going to keep her because she was cute, all right? Sophie the dog, the little schnauzer terrier. And as we were trying to train Sophie, somewhere in that time is when I was running across these verses in my own devotional life, and I saw this, man, I will walk about in a wide place because I've sought out your precepts, and it just made so much sense to me because here's the deal. Sophie the dog, the schnauzer terrier, she could have had full reign of our house during the day while we were going to work. We would have let her go wherever she wanted to and do whatever she would do if she would simply use the bathroom in the pine straw outside where we wanted her to, right? It's like if you'll do this one thing, right? You do this one thing right and you don't have to stay in this little few feet by few feet cage all day, right? You don't have to be locked up in the bathroom, right? This one thing, if you'll just follow my leadership on this, right? Like I'm out in the pine straw in the nighttime walking her thinking, goodness, if she would just do this during the daytime, then we wouldn't have to. You could have the whole house. You could do things that we don't even like as long as we don't know about it. You could turn the TV on, do whatever, have a, have a water. As long as you don't mess anything up, have the whole house that two grown-ups enjoy. You could have it as a puppy if you will do this, right? See, little Sophie thought, hey, it's, it's more important to me to be able to go to the restroom where I want to go to the restroom, right? <laughs> she thought that was freedom, to do whatever she wanted, instead of understanding that her freedom lied in her trusting obedience that she would have such a big, wide, open place. Can I just ask you today, does walking with God in a relationship of faith, just be honest, right? Does that... Does that feel like a big, wide-open place to you in your life? Let me make sure I say this. Our feelings don't always align with reality, so we can't live based on only feelings. But can I, just, can I just ask you, when you think about pursuing God, when you think about God's love for you, when you think about this shared life of communion with him where you're sharing your life with him and your heart with him and he's sharing his with you, when you think about that, does that feel like a big, wide-open place? Does it feel like the beach that you love to sit on? And feel small and in awe? Does it feel like the mountains that you love to climb because they're so big? Does it feel like the lake you love to fish on? Does it feel like this big wide open place? Or does it feel like this super limited pathway that you can't possibly figure out how to walk with him? Because I'm here to say to you that the way for those who are saved by Jesus is a narrow way. But Jesus has lived the righteousness to give us that way. And we have it, and when we live in it, we will experience great freedom. Do you have that? Quickly, let's see. Not all the results of what it would look like, not all the characteristics of a free life, but just a couple that are mentioned here that pop out to me. Start back at 45. I shall walk in a wide place, for I have sought your precepts. Verse 46. 
I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be put to shame. For I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands towards your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Really quickly, verse 46, do you see boldness? That when we live a life free in Jesus, we have a capacity to be bold in ways that we wouldn't be without him, right? Psalmist says, I'll speak of you in front of kings and won't be put to shame, right? I'll stand among the most influential of the influential, and maybe he's even there because he's being dragged in, right, as an opponent. He's, he's facing opposition from a king, right? And he's saying, no matter what I'm doing here, when I'm among the biggest and the most important, I don't cower back and not speak. You know why? I can speak freely because I'm free, right? I know the God who has rescued me. I know that no matter how it goes with this king, that I'm great with the capital K, eternal king, I'm free. And I now have a boldness not to be some kind of fanatical Christian and, and right, you, you can't enjoy anything ever and, and all you do is quote Bible verses 24 hours a day. Right? That's not what he's saying, but he is saying, I am free to be a person who will talk about you, God, openly. I am free to be a person because I pursue you and see you in every corner of life, God, that, that I see you there, I'll speak of you there. Do you have a boldness in your heart because of the love that Jesus has for you? Because of the freedom you have in him. Then he says in verse 47, right, he, he says, listen, uh, I'll study your laws because I have to. Is that what he says? No. He says, God, I'll, I'll study your word because I know it's right. I'll study your word because my parents said so. I'll study your word because none of that. What he says in verse 47 is, I'll find my delight in your commandments. Do you know that the freedom of God when we think about it, ponder it correctly, when we understand it rightly, the freedom of God will bring delight into our souls in a way that nothing else ever could. In a way that you can be sitting right in the middle of the worst circumstance of your life and still have just a strong, rebounding sense of, of peace and freedom in you. Delight. Not just from knowing that God is good, which is true, but it's a very generic statement. Not just from knowing that Jesus loves you, which is true, but he says, I will spend time in your word. I will learn more of you and what you have revealed of yourself in your word. I will deliberately be there because I find delight there. Man, God has freed us to no longer look at his word as something that is heavy and, and overbearing on us in some kind of obligatory way, punitive way, but instead it's, it's the letter of our freedom. Right? We can delight in it. Lastly, verse 40, 48, he says, I will lift up my hands towards your commandments, which I love. I will meditate on your statutes. Listen, when you truly understand and know the freedom that you have in Jesus, you are free to worship. Do you hear him say, I'll lift my hands towards you, right? I'll meditate. Right? Do you see him being a person who goes, listen, God, not only will I see what you've told me about your love for me, I'll respond back to you. I'll interact with you. I won't just go through motions of I'm singing a song and hoping that somehow that pleases a God who's way far off at a distance. No, no. God, I see how you love me, and that frees me to worship you, right? Worship in the gathered moments when we're singing his name, when we're praying to him. Worship him in the personal moments when worship looks like a decision to, to spend differently, a decision to invest my time differently, right? 
God, I'm free to be able to worship you without what Jesus has done in my heart and you awaken in my heart by your spirit. I, I wouldn't even be able to do this. But now I'm free to be able to worship you. Can I just say a word quickly when we think about expressive worship, be that personally or be that us here gathered? Right? There's, there's no perfect way or exactly right way and there's no prescribed. Some of foolish to think that we can trust God with our eternity, but we can't trust him with our emotions. That we can't trust him enough to say, God, I give you my heart in this moment of worship. I lift up my hands to you, whatever it may be, right? God, I give freely my worship to you because you have freed me. Freedom from Jesus that he gives is not an independence. It's not a opportunity to walk without any leadership or lordship. In fact, it was us doing that that led us to our captivity and our need for Jesus. It's not an independence. It's a right dependence. It's knowing that now God has given us the desire and the capacity to follow his leadership. And in doing that, we will walk about in a wide place. Is that your story today? Today, as you're singing songs about freedom and as you're hearing that it's actually God's mandates and God's directions that leads us to the wide places of freedom? Are there certain things that God's Spirit's pointing out to you, prompting in you to go, hey, listen, don't walk in shame, but just walk to me with a head lifted high and let's live differently, right? Let's live in the freedom that I gave my son to give me. Are there certain places in your life where God may be leading you toward that, Right? This whole section is about freedom from God, yes, but we know about it in his word. May God be prompting in some of us to go, hey, you know what? I'm not going to memorize all of scripture. I'm never going to be a notable theologian, but I am going to take seriously to make it regular in my life that I will pursue God in his word. Right? Some of us will never start something because we fear the imperfection. Right? Well, I won't ever be able to do it just right, or I'll miss a day, or, or what, I won't understand it all, or whatever. Don't not do something because you can't do everything. Just start. Right? Trust God and pursue him in his word and see and learn and grow more and more in the freedom that he's given us in Jesus. Follower of Jesus, where is God drawing you more towards that today? And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, We'll probably always say some semblance of this. If, you, if you're here today and you don't know him, you're not the enemy. We love you. We're glad you're here. We used to not know him too. Right? Man, don't leave here today and go celebrate freedom and independence, things that are celebration worthy, but, but walk away wondering, not knowing for sure, or maybe you know for sure that your soul's not free because you haven't trusted Christ and him alone. If you want to know more about what that means, Man, I invite you to come find me when we're done. Come find some folks here that are your friends that you know. Come find somebody and ask. And we won't beat you over the head with anything. We won't force you or push you into anything. We just want to help in any way we can as you're on your faith journey. But let us all leave here knowing 
that freedom is not some super constrained walkway. That freedom is a wide place when we walk it with Jesus. How does the Lord want to work that into your heart and life today, this week? Let's pray. God, I thank you, God, that your freedom makes me struggle to even try to talk about because it's so big. You freed us from shame. You freed us from the penalty and the power of death. You freed us from bondage to sin. God, we could go on and on and on about how when we follow your lordship, the freedom that you lead us in, and we praise you for that, God. We thank you for giving Jesus to make all that possible for us, to bring that about in us. And God, I pray that we would not leave here with headstrong self-determination to live our lives differently in your freedom, but that we would leave here with glad, joyful dependence to live in the freedom that you died to give. God, I pray that you would point out to us and, and make us restless until we deal with the areas in our lives where we're forfeiting freedom. Do that in us, God, that we might walk in repentance and taste the joy on the other side. God, I ask you to start with me. God, just like we read about today, would you let Dublin Bible Church be a people who gladly speak of you, who boldly speak of you. Let us be a people that the people that know us know that we're loved by you and we love you. And not because of where we show up on Sunday, but because you are our heartbeat and it flows out of our mouths into our words and conversations. Let that be us. Let us worship you in the freedom that you've given. Let us be so glad to have it that we proclaim it to those around us. Let us see many come to know you. Lead us in how to live those lives. See that happen. Lead us in that now. I ask all this for the sake of your name, Jesus. Amen. Man, I am so glad uh, that you could be here today.